The flights and van rentals are all set. The hotels are booked. And then the message comes. Canceled. We're talking this week about why and how camps can be places of partnership and resource when things like this happen, when things get canceled. Welcome to the Sacred Playgrounds Podcast, where we dive deep into theology, research, and practical wisdom for camps, retreat centers, and other key ministry spaces. I'm your host, Jared Rendell, camp enthusiast and part of the Sacred Playgrounds team. This podcast features Dr. Jake Sorensen, a scholar and practitioner who's helping leaders think more deeply about outdoor ministry and the impact it's making. Wonder with us what God might have in store at your Sacred Playground. Here we are. Welcome to the playground, everyone. Uh, it's Jared and Jake. Jake, how are you? It's good to see you, as always. I am doing well. It is good to see you as well. Um, we are recording this in February, post-Groundhog Day. So, you know, it seems like this is the time when we start looking forward to spring and summer. You know, like we're still in the dog days of winter. I mean, it's, it's pretty cold here again. Uh, I think it was below zero this morning. How about up by you guys? Uh, yeah, negative negative seven or something this morning when I sent the kids to the bus. That's a that's a touch nippy out there. Um, but we're hoping that we're going to start turning a corner pretty soon. We know that spring is going to come. The maple syrup is going to start flowing in the trees, and snow is going to melt. And summer is right around the corner, my friend. It's coming coming we're all thinking about it and uh right some of us are thinking about about the the plans and um some of us are thinking about changes in plans right because we're we're recording this again in this first week of february when one of the things like we talk we like to talk sometimes here you know about recent events and things that happened that um that affect the church that affect camp and there was one big loss this week when the elca in particular made the really heartbreaking to a lot of people decision to cancel the National Youth Gathering for this summer. And even then just say to, to push it out. And so there won't be another one until 2024 now. It's devastating. It's devastating. Did you ever go to the gathering? I went. Okay, I'll be quick. Ready? So there used to be two gatherings. There used to be Eastern states and Western states gatherings because was, there was too many to do just one gathering. So it used to be split. Um. And it was at the Western States Youth Gathering in 1998 that I met my wife in the airport on the way home. Wow. You met your wife at uh-huh. a national youth convention. We did. Yeah. That's amazing. The Western States Youth Gathering. Um, she was with her youth group uh, from the, the Minneapolis area here in South Minneapolis. And I was with my youth group from North Dakota in, in, in Bismarck. And we were on the same flight back. And her friend said, I dare you to go talk to that kid sitting over there against that pillar. Wow. The I'm rest sorry you history. had to be so quick with the story because I'm sure there's so much more to it. You're like, okay, I got to tell my story. We'll find a, we'll find a way. Yeah, I didn't so know we this, met, this was fun. I'm glad I asked the question. That's where we met. We met in the airport, gate S3, which is where we got engaged. Yeah. That's where I asked her to marry me at the gate that we, that wow. we, uh, that we met at. S3. So, S3. If you're ever in the Seattle airport, 
Okay. That's where it was. It was uh, it was uh, it was out in Seattle. So I, I will hunt it down and take a selfie in that uh, in <laughs> front could. of that gate. You should send me a selfie. I would love that. <laughs> so I uh, so apparently youth gatherings are life changing. Uh, according to my, well, to my own you, story and right you know and actually i had a i had a pretty impactful experience at a youth gathering you know i, I went to the the national one mm-hmm. and it was in new orleans and there were thirty seven thousand high schoolers there i was in high school and it was oh my just gosh. it was amazing i i and it, it gave me a sense of the church and how big the church was and what the church stood for mm-hmm. we had these amazing speakers that talked about peace and justice and you know, the, the, the presiding bishop spoke and there were these amazing musicians. I mean, it was just so much, right. It's this, it's this huge convention. Um, and so that experience helped to, uh, springboard a a youth ministry at our church. And Mm. so the, the, the youth that went to that ended up going on a service trip the next year. And then we started meeting weekly and it was sort of this volunteer and youth led thing. And the youth gathering helped spark that. So that was that's part of my part of my faith story. Part of your story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it kind of went along with the camp experiences. So mm-hmm. it was after I had been to camp already. Um, and so it it fit in with uh, my other experiences. And then I got to go back as a youth minister and I took a youth group um to San Antonio. Okay. Um, and again, it was two gatherings at that point, but they were both in the same right. city. But um still just a just a tremendously impactful experience uh for those young people. So um and if you remember when we we did the the camp and church leadership project and we did the survey of all the clergy members, this was one of the big four. That's right. And so um alongside camp, Sunday school, and campus ministry, the national youth gathering was one of the big four ministries that really uh, predicted earlier call to ministry and more direct uh, kind of faith formation track. Um, and it's, there's something about just being there among, amongst the, 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 this whole church and getting a sense of who we really are that, that forms the identity of a young person in terms of like, I could be a part of this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different when you're part of a little congregation that might be some infighting and, you know, maybe it's healthy, maybe it's not. But then you go to something like this and you see, oh, this is what it means to be part of the big church. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard to replicate that. It really is. Truth. Yeah. Yeah. Being part of something much, much bigger than, than yourself and, and all those bases, right? Meeting people, um, you know, being, being in, you know, new, new kinds of groups, all these formational, you know, these very basic things that make something formational. When you, when you think about it, it, it makes sense that an experience like this would be so important. Yeah. And it's just so epic, you know, I mean, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's logistically incredible Uh that they're able to pull these things off, Uh you know, to bring in all these different speakers and bands and groups. And uh, it's just a tremendous experience. And, you know, we're talking about the ELCA one, but I, you know, I should say that I went to a Presbyterian seminary and a whole bunch of my friends there, they have their own youth gathering. They have triennium and that happens every three years. And they talk about that as, as impactful. It's it's on a different uh, scale, a different order of magnitude than the, the, the ELCA youth gathering, which is much larger, but it's still this huge thousands of young people gathering um, that is incredibly impactful and, and helps them identify with their church. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something I want to be a part of. So, yeah, it's to, a big loss. 
Yeah, to all of why, yeah, that's what I was just going to say, to why this feels like such a big loss. If you happen to, you know, if you're listening and you are or you know, you know, someone from the planning team or even in your own church, you know, a, a youth leader or, or pastor or somebody who's been working, who's been working hard on this, one of our pastors at my, at that church that I work at, um, was, is on the planning team for the multicultural youth leadership event that happens in conjunction with that. And she's devastated they're, I mean, they're still going to try to figure out something, but the, the amount of hours. So if you happen to know one of these people, check on them. They're not okay right now. <laughs> right. There's a lot of grief. Yeah. And, and yep. there's grief among the youth and the, Absolutely. Um, you know, youth ministry leaders mm-hmm. and parents, honestly, yep. like I've got two boys in high school right now. They were both going to be going to this gathering. This was a mm-hmm. huge loss. Yeah. Like, so my oldest is a junior. He will never have the chance to experience the gathering. Um, and that that's really sad for me, you know, that he doesn't get to see that. That picture of our church. Um, yeah. You know, there's other great experiences, obviously, you know, but uh, that that's one that he'll never be able to get. And that's that's heartbreaking to me. And it's you know, what it. It happened in the same week, and I was telling you this before we started, but um, the gathering was canceled, and then the week before, um, their band trip was canceled. They were going to take a mm. band trip to New Orleans, and they were going to go to Memphis and like have this epic trip. And so, you know, we're talking specifically about the youth gathering, but this is a theme of so many things have been canceled during pandemic, and here we are in 2022, and you know, a lot of these things that are being canceled now. You know, we were looking out a year ago and saying, 2022, we're going to be okay for sure. Like, we, we can keep going with the plans on this. Right. And we were hopeful that we were going to be out of this. And and now, you know, in the past couple of weeks, my my two boys have had two potentially life-impacting, truly epic trips mm-hmm. canceled. Um, and it's just, you know, the losses, you know, the, the little losses and the big losses from this pandemic continue. And sure. it's... Uh, really taking a toll so to uh to hijack because i've got i've got i've got four kids um one of them is is about one and a half and uh and you know up to up to age four and or at grade four and so so to hijack a kid show a little bit um the the one that came off of of mr rogers right because there was mr rogers and then there's the kid show daniel tiger that they did like a cartoon off of off of Mr. Rogers. So way too much Daniel Tiger in my head right now. So as we're talking, naturally Daniel, you know, a Daniel Tiger, you know, jingle pops into my head. Um, but it became immediately relevant because part of the question is what do we do? And one of their jingles, it is kind of a response to when something goes wrong, whether you make a mistake or whether it's a grief thing. Um, and there are two there are two steps saying I'm sorry and then how can I help? And that is resonating <laughs> with me a little bit about about how how we do this because that grief is real to what we've been talking about so far they are feeling this we are you know we are feeling this all these different groups of people that that you know had it had their hand in or had some hope in um you know an experience like this or or whatever the other insert your own cancellation here because all of us have have experienced some of this we need to be be sad about those things for a little while sometimes like we need that grief to be real and to hear the empathetic uh i'm sorry's and i'm with you's and then some of what we're going to talk about today maybe there's a way to help maybe there's a way to to help and respond absolutely i um i think we have to move in that direction yeah yeah but both of those things are important thank you for bringing up daniel tiger 
Thanks. Um, <laughs> Any time that I can I'm bring sorry. up. I'm, I mean, really, it's a, it's a serious loss. And yeah. okay, now, you know, I, I think I put a post out to the, the camp people. Gird your loins. How can we help? <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's go forth and, uh, and figure this out, you know, and, and come together, you know, in a way that can be, can be supportive and helpful to one another. Um, and this goes for, again, all the cancellations that are out there because it's a youth gathering, it's a band trip, it's so many other, it's vacations, you know, yeah. so many of these things that people are losing that they didn't, they thought they were done losing things. Yeah. And now they're losing more things. And so they yeah. want to know specifically, you know, what's left and what, what can I do? And here is where camp can really, really help. Yeah. because. Some of the loss around, around this, the, the hours of, of space creation, the hotels and the, you know, all, all of those things, there's all these logistics, all, the, all these hours of work. And, and some of the bases of what camp can help with, they're already done. Space is set. And, and likely the time is set. Um, and so there's some of these, these things that we can have a very quick answer to, right? No, no youth leader wants to go plan more hotels right now or, or whatever it is. All right. So, so to say, we've got an answer for some of these things right now. Um, and then maybe some, some creative ways to either, you know, capture some of that same experience or, um, or replace it, uh, in, in some creative way with, with something else that could be really faith forming too. Right. And I think first, right off the bat, we need to say camp is on for this summer. You know, camp is not going to be canceled. You know, it, it is going forward right. and it is going forward safely and effectively. And we know that this is going to happen because we've already done it. The last two summers, a lot of camps were still running a lot closed in 2020, but a lot also were, were operating in 2020 under the CDC guidelines, American Camp Association guidelines, and they were able to do so safely. And those thing, those um, protocols were replicated in 2021 at camps across the country. Most camps were open in 2021. And remember, at the beginning of the summer, most of the camper age kids could not be vaccinated yet. Mm-hmm. That, that, um, that vaccination approval didn't come till partway through the summer. And so most kids were not vaccinated and yet camps were still able to operate safely because um, this is one of the things we do really well. You know, <laughs> one, we're outside all the time. Two, we're already cohorted in small groups. Uh, three, doing simple safety measures like masking, washing hands, things like that are easy to enforce at camp. And so camps were able to layer these protections. And the camps that that did these things operated safely. There was almost mm-hmm. no COVID spread in 2021. Of course, there were a couple high-profile cases. You know, you heard them in the national news. In every single one of those cases, they were not following guidelines. It was camp directors that were essentially flouting the guidelines or saying this isn't that big a deal or we're not going to do this at camp. Um, we're just going to operate normally. And they paid a price. Um, yeah. And the price was the, the health and safety of their, the young people and their care. But the fact of the matter is the vast majority of camps operated safely and effectively last summer. And we're going to do so again. Um, whether uh, whether the, the trend continues like it's looking like it will and there's going to be you know, very little community spread by the summer. It kind of looks like that. Even the health professionals are saying that right now, but there could be a new mm-hmm. wave, right? Even if there is, camps are going to be open. So when people are saying, okay, all these other things are canceled, <clears throat> they can count on camp. 
And one of the reasons they can count on camp is because camp is so nimble and so able to adjust and, and put it, put in place new guidelines and things like that. Whereas something like a national youth gathering is not, I mean, we're talking about the Titanic here. And if you need to shut this thing down, you have to do it early. And that is why the planning team had to make this decision so far in advance. I mean, we look ahead and we say, well, this wasn't scheduled until July. By July, there probably will be very little community spread. However, I mean, they're, they're, they're booking uh, bands. They're booking speakers. They're booking all these different venues. It's not in one spot. It's all over the city. Um, and so logistically, there's so many things to put in place um, that, you know, they, they, they weren't able to pivot in the same way that a camp can say, okay, we're going to do more things outside. Okay. You know, there's more community spread. That means we're going to put these precautions into place. They're already ready to do that. And so they're, they're nimble enough to adapt. Whereas these, these epic things that take so many, so much logistical planning, uh, we're simply not able to do that, which is, again, is tragic. Um, the point is count on camps to be open this summer. Let's take a quick break and then we'll talk some more um, about about what that means and, and a couple of ways how um, camp, if you're a camp leader listening, what what might be some ways to, to fill some gaps and, and make some make some connections. Be right back. The Effective Camp Project has helped Christian camps across the country tell their story in a new way to parents and donors. You know that camp makes a difference because you see it with your own eyes. But we need reliable data to convince those who are skeptical and to help us identify areas for improvement. Now is your chance to gather data from your own camp. Our team of experienced researchers works with you to create custom surveys for your campers and parents. We compare your results to data from dozens of other Christian camps to show where your camp really shines and to target areas for program development. In addition to data reports and in-depth consultations, you will receive a communications toolkit to share your unique results with your audiences. Visit EffectiveCamp.com to learn more. All right, welcome back. So, uh, so we've been talking about this, you know, this specific uh, gathering a bit um, because it's right now. It's right. It's right this week, uh, and so. There are different ways that we could that we could respond to to fill this need right now. We've already seen some camps doing that. You know, we've seen some that have they just started putting out, you know, putting out messages and said, you know, we're here. And because this was in, you know, this was the ELCA specific gathering that the ELCA camps, you know, like uh, the LM camp director and and then even individual you know directors and program directors have been putting things out and offering up space. And it sounds like in talking with a couple of them already, the response is there. Oh, yeah. That doesn't surprise me at all. You know, right. I mean, this is this is what we're talking about over and over again. This partnership ministry thing, making sure that you are, you know, your ministry partners and that your trusted partners there. And so that they when when something goes wrong, they know that they can turn to you or count on you for something. And so that's what that's what they're doing. They're 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 responding to the needs of their ministry partners. and so. You you had said that there were a couple of ways that you saw this happening. What are some of the examples that you saw? So I talked to two camp directors just in the last couple of days. Um, and one of those that I talked to yesterday, I asked the question, you know, so in your responding, you, you put you put a message out there. 
one, what was the response? Uh, what's the response been like? And two, are you doing anything kind of specific or are you just, you know, offering up space in, in being who you are and doing what you're doing? And so, so for one camp, um, I heard different responses when I asked these questions to, to two camps. One camp um, has already had, in just a simple Facebook post, multiple phone calls from one, their local area, but a couple from across the country that are going to come do, an, do a canoeing adventure trip in northern Minnesota. And so it, so it was, it was there, right? It was like this puzzle piece fits in this other puzzle piece. They're not doing anything specific. So that's one way to go about this is say simply, Hey, we can just create capacity and, uh, and space and time. And we're going to do exactly what we planned on doing, um, for, you know, whoever else it might be and say, Hey, this might be exactly right for you. And we're ready for you if it is. And we will make all of those things that you don't want to do like logistics and, where are meals going to come from and where are we going to do it? We've got all of that. It makes perfect sense. They know the exact week that the event was scheduled. They, you know, you, you know that youth already set aside the week mm-hmm. on the calendar that was booked for a church trip. And so, hey, we've got space that week. Sign up. Yep. It's a, it's a simple way to respond. Right. Exactly. They got multiple phone calls. And this is since, I mean, the official announcement went out two days ago. Right. Right. So this is within the last 48 hours. They've got multiple phone calls. They've got multiple trips that are ready to be booked yep. at, at that camp. Makes sense. It's a no brainer. What was the second way that people responded? This other one's interesting, too. Um, and, and this, of course, yeah, it is going to take some more some more planning. But the look and the feel of what this conference was going to be like it was important to people. And so they're going to try to recapture some of that. Hmm. They're going to they're going to take some of these same concepts, like a little bit bigger worship than camp staff you know, then camp staff, you know, plunking on guitars. They're going to bring someone in to help lead that. They're going to bring in um, a speaker. They're going to bring in a couple of other people to do kind of breakout style sessions. Um, so they're going to they're going to take some of just kind of the, the agenda of what would have been and do sort of a, a mini, uh, you know, a mini conference, a mini gathering, most likely kind of regionally for the folks in their area. But they're going to take that. We can capture some of that same stuff. That makes perfect sense. So. You said they're they're bringing people in. Are these people that were that would have been scheduled for the the gathering? A couple of them are actually right. It happened to be because there was some network connection here. But like, sure. one of the worship leaders, Rachel, is coming is is likely oh, going to come Kurt. to this camp, right? So, <laughs> oh, she's fantastic. Um, yeah. Rachel's great, and uh, so so the plan, right? And of course, this has been a couple days. So, but so all of this is is tentative, but. <laughs> oh well we already announced it so that now, now she's committed <laughs> close circuit to becca this better happen um yeah. so right i mean this is one of our you know one of our our camp friends so i uh, so they're going to even bring some of these some of these connections in worship leaders um you know speakers things like that that uh that are either going to be part of that or are and it intentionally actually they're bringing some some local folks who were going to be going on the trip but have done some speaking. This couple is going to come in and help lead a handful of those breakout sessions. Um, they're going to do a leader track probably, right? So there was leader tracks at these, at these gatherings too, where right. these, these leaders get resourced and equipped. So, um, so they've got, they've got uh, phone calls out. One of them happened to be my wife. You've got a phone call about, Hey, could you help facilitate kind of a, a leader resourcing track? So that was another way about this, right? There's one where yeah. let's just be who we are. And another that says, oh, man, this experience was going to be so was going to be so important. Let's try to capture some of that. And of course, they're going to, you know, they're also going to do campfire and they're also going to have some of these classic camp experiences and do a bit of a hybrid way of of being that week. 
So those are the two Fantastic. we heard just in the last 48 hours. So, so those are two different ways that you've heard that people are responding. I heard actually a third way um, where it's very similar to your second way, um, but it's it's partnering intentionally with other ministry groups. And so partnering with uh, the local synod, which is our local judicatories, and trying to do uh, more of a local gathering in partnership with them. And so using the camp staff, probably using the camp property, things like that. And so, um, so right, there are, there are so many options because there are, there are so many people who are going to be involved. We're talking about tens of thousands mm-hmm. of people that suddenly need to make other plans for one specific week of the summer. And so um, that is a, these are some great ways that camps are pivoting, um, but also saying, hey, we want to help you. Um, mm-hmm. how can we, how can we be good partners in ministry? And one of the great ways to be a partner in ministry is to offer your space up to offer a similar experience or a different experience, but also to look at some of these speakers and musicians that were booked and now aren't, mm-hmm. Hey, we got a gig for you. Come on over. Right. Um, that's, that's great to hear. Um, and so, um, I think the, the overarching story again is partnership, partnership, mm-hmm. partnership. You are a partnership ministry um, with your local churches, with your local judicatories, and with the wider church. Um, And so the more we can see ourselves this way, and the more we can intentionally be there and build relationships with these folks, the more quickly we're able to pivot and help each other out. Um, and, And that benefits the entire church. If this is you for this particular event, there are three little steps here to take, and and they start right now. But they're all going to be important. So one is one is to connect, right? Listen quick right now. Connect with these folks. Connect with the people in your local area in particular, your constituent congregations or um, the, the, you know, the leaders who are helping plan or whatever it might be. So one is connect. Connect with them right now. Be a voice that is there with them right now. Uh, and two is to create. Create some time and space to build these gaps, to fill, to fill these longings, right? So that for this particular event, that week, um, create some time and space in there, create some capacity. Maybe you need an extra staff person or two that week to, to be able to do this. Maybe you need to put an extra, you know, trip on the books or, uh, you know, make sure you've got some cabin space, whatever it is to create some time and space to be this partner. And then three, and this one is important to remember that you're going to need to reconnect and evaluate after, right? Because this is great, great, great opportunity. And maybe this might be people who haven't been to camp before, but you are all of a sudden this, this space that, that filled a gap for them, that filled a need and a longing for them. And that's just the beginning of a great relationship. So this will not stop at the end of that week. Connecting and then evaluating what that experience was like will make a big difference for the relationship building, partnership building down the road. Awesome. And that can be kind of a model if we for all these things, right? When we see this cancellation, when we see this need, and maybe it's a cancellation, maybe it's just something that comes up where we start hearing, you know, chatter in our area about, gosh, these these youth leaders wish they had da 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 da. A lot of times, camp could have a really unique, really experiential, really important answer for that. So, oh, it's a lesson for all of us. I mean, it's a lesson for all of us in terms of not not just the partnership that we were talking about, but the the intentional listening and being there with folk and, and working to pivot. So, so really finding out what are the needs of your community right now? You know, a lot of our camps operate under inertia and they have the same programs year after year after year. And those can be incredibly beneficial and, and wonderful and, and, and even longed for. And 
there might be specific needs right now that your camp can help fulfill. Yeah. Um, that, that you can help respond to those needs. So um, consider those things. I mean, so like my kid's band trip was canceled. How many other trips were canceled in your area? What other things, um, where are there gaps that, that you might be able to help um, fill these needs? And so, you know, I, I think of a, a local camp, you know, even as I start, start making associations here, right, where, I, where I think about the band trip being canceled, there was a local camp that, that invited a local school for, for their band camp to camp because they could do it more safely there. It's a space away, but they could also do it outside. Um, and they had pavilions in case it rained and things like that. They were just set up for that. Um, and so how can you connect with school groups, with college groups, things like that, and, and help fill those needs um, when there might be cancellations elsewhere? So there's yeah. lots of different ways, I think, that we can, we can respond to these needs and we can really listen to our local communities and say, what are the needs and how might we fulfill those? Yeah, that's the lesson here. So we can turn some cancellation into some opportunity. We're going to give this an overarching uh, kind of message. So and that's great because we can, you know, outdoor ministry can can be an incredible opportunity for for these things as a response when these things happen. And that's the Christian message, right? I mean, turning death to life, right? The spirit then, of hope. You know, where can we where can we be Christ to one another? Um, it's uh, it's an important ministry that we're offering here. And so uh, bring some hope to, to your people. Amen. Let's go live that out. We'll see you next time, everyone, on the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sacred Playgrounds podcast. This episode was produced by me, Jared Rendell, and featured Dr. Jake Sorensen, lead researcher and founder at Sacred Playgrounds, LLC. Our theme music was written and performed by Taylor Wilson. You can find his original songs wherever you get your music. Learn more and connect with the Sacred Playgrounds team at sacredplaygrounds.com.